When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the unofficial 40. Soonerscoop.com's very official recruiting podcast featuring Soonerscoop.com recruiting publisher, Josh McQuistian. Get your recruiting fix from the leader in Sooner Recruiting. The Unofficial 40 with your hosts, Soonerscoop.com publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian. All right, welcome back. It uh, is another edition of the Unofficial 40, and uh, we got the whole crew here once again. Uh, we did try a podcast last week, it crashed and burned. Uh, so hopefully, this one will get to the masses because. Uh, uh, we're all, we have a lot to talk about since last Wednesday, uh, since everything went down and I'm trying to adjust microphones. Uh, but, uh, Josh McQuiston is joining us and we got plenty to talk about with him. Eddie Radosevich and John Shin is here swinging my old baseball bat for some reason. Try uh, not to hit anything. Yeah. Uh, try not to hit anything. Mom always said, don't play ball in the house. Yeah. Uh, so guys, it has been a whirlwind from last Wednesday to this is Thursday that we're recording, but to this Wednesday, I don't know that this much has happened in OU football in a very long time. No, I wouldn't think so. When you consider... Uh, Maybe ever, since we've all been around. I was sitting around yesterday, and it's just kind of hard to think that all of this has gone down in a matter of seven days. It feels like a month almost, just as far as... I think it's Thursday, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. All day. Did Ruffin McNeil get hired yesterday? Did that all go down yesterday? Because yesterday seems like it was about... A week ago, yeah, it, yeah, and, and that was that's probably the least impactful thing that's probably happened in the last week. Well, and let's let's kind of go back and recap. Uh, Josh McQuistian, uh, say hello. By the way, yeah, just waiting for my time to dive in. Hello, everybody. Uh, I didn't want to leave you hanging. Uh, so basically, OU wins a national championship in softball. Eddie goes internet famous for a while with Natties for Patty. Still waiting on my uh, gift package from like Nat- a pallet. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know what to expect, but it's almost like I, I go every day to the door, like waiting for a big package. So there is something coming. Haven't gotten shit yet. No. Yeah. They, they told you. They yeah. I gave them my address, and they said, "All right, we got you." And I said, "Okay." At minimum, you'd think there'd be a billboard or something out of this deal. That's what I was thinking. If they'd make me like a shirt or something, that'd be cool. Put you on a billboard with your baseball jersey on. Yeah, me, me. How a, did you fit into that Natty thing, and by a, the way? And, and when Patty. you put that on, were you like, man, I've really let myself go? Uh, no, because it never really fit anyway. So <laughs> I've had it since I got it. at I remember coming down to it was like I bought it at one of those spring game. Uh, oh yeah, cells yeah. like when they did it like in the old old. When building. you were in college or high school? No, like when I was in elementary school. Like I, I wore that thing to, and the pants too, right? Yeah, it, it was a complete. It was a real uniform. And Somebody, you were wearing the pants on your Natty's for Patty video, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, I mean, they literally didn't go up to my, my calves almost. 
I had to I had to give my uh, roommate a tutorial on how to videotape it because he we used the camera for it. So you use the was, you use center scoop equipment. Yeah, it was a professionally done. It was professionally done. <laughs> I had to get the uh, the highlights from channel or from somebody. So yeah, yeah. Well, I so won't out anybody. You got them in elementary, Eddie. So they were huge then. Like, when was the window when they actually fit correctly? Like 1998, I think, is <laughs> what I told somebody on Twitter. And that might be accurate. I remember wearing it to, like, Little League practice, and it definitely fit. <laughs> did you, <laughs> Did you like, play a round of golf out at, like, Westwood with that on or something? I thought I remembered there's a the picture of you, like, out in front of, the, like, their concession stand or something. No, that was over at uh, that was over at Texadelphia because we you just had, randomly put that on one night. No, I I did a thing for ESPNU in college. Oh, when we okay. were doing that mustache mafia thing, and uh-huh. uh, we did a baseball thing for the OU Texas game, and so I had I still had it. I really didn't think I had it until uh, I had to run over to the parents' house real quick on the day before the game two of the Women's College World Series to find it. And they still had it, huh? Yeah, they have just about everything that I've ever done. And they they saw this ESPN U, U video you did and didn't think when he brings this back, let's just make sure this one disappears. No, 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 no. They were proud of it. I think I still have a picture of it somewhere. See, I I had a college baseball jersey once and I always wish I still had it, but then what inevitably happens is you let your girlfriend have it so for a night shirt and then you break up and then she just throws it away. And that's what I don't think anybody wanted to wear that thing after I wore it. <laughs> All right. You know, it, it just quick. It, it makes no, me go ahead. think. You know, you always see um, uh, Adam Schefter with his, you know, like his little in-home studio where he's got like the his helmet Michigan set helmet up behind, behind him. him. Yeah. In my office, the only helmet I have available is my um, Tri City Panthers uh, Little League helmet. I still have that. Uh, Tri City probably still pissed off that helmet has not been returned and checked back in. It's the mustache that really sucks. Eddie is yeah. showing off photos of his <laughs> ESPNU days. I, I, and I look so hard for the video of this one, the one that we actually shot out at Eldell, but I have no idea where it's at. You literally look like the old 89er mascot after he let himself go. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that uh, with the, with the big baseball yeah. head. He's got, well, actually, or you look like you look a lot like uh, – What's his name? Played first base for the 89ers. Uh, oh, played for the Bill Royals. Belsky oh, or Steve Balboni. Steve Balboni. You, like, you look like Steve Balboni's was, son. Yeah. I, I waited in line at the autograph stand at like the very top of the hill for so long for his autograph when I was little. He, those were some good days. I'll put the picture up in the uh, podcast. By the uh, way, when I was a kid in Chicago, he looks like every guy that played that <laughs> 16-inch softball. <laughs> I, I, I could sell it. <laughs> Yeah, you should go join a softball league and wear that thing. Every year I watch get it the, taken out. Every year bit. I watch the College World Series or the Women's College World Series, and I, I, we have the same conversation, being a bunch of my buddies, that we need to start a softball team, and it never gets done. So maybe this will be the year. Okay, so just so we don't have a two-hour podcast, which I think some people would actually enjoy, let's kind of go back to when all this went down, and we 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 were kind of telling the story on the podcast that we lost, how it all went down, but. I can't remember Shin at what time I what what time did I tell you hey Stoops is going to retire today about a little well okay you start calling me a little before oh, that's one right. o'clock you were, on the, you were on the golf course that's yes. right yeah uh, just a little before one o'clock and I probably tried to I texted you after you didn't pick up the phone and I said journalism emergency. <laughs> 
call back when you see this and then you never responded and so I called you I think three more times like and I would imagine like were you mid round I played let's see when I you were calling I had played one and two at Hefner South and I'm going to the T I, I was walking to the T box at three my brother was driving the cart and I just looked in the the deal and okay Carrie Murdoch sell okay let's see what this is and then because I had it on mute I wasn't paying attention to it and then and then after I talked to you I saw man this guy's been trying to get a hold of me for about 20 <laughs> minutes <in it. laughs> how we, many how many golf games have been interrupted in this last week for you for me it's t- well it's well one was just completely dis- incinerated but there was an attempt at another one yesterday but you did play yesterday I did play yesterday because like Shin calls me and I had already kind of been working and and to credit the you know, full credit on this like Dusty Dvorak was kind of hinting this on the radio that he heard that Ruffin might Ruffin McNeil might be involved in this and that's kind of where I first, and so then I start checking um, with other sources and and realize okay there's there's a good likelihood this could could happen but Shin is on the golf course and he calls me and he goes, yeah, you hear about this uh, Ruffin McNeil stuff? And I said, yeah. I said, I got it. And he's like, okay, I'm just getting ready to tee off. Just want to let you know. <laughs> so I just, I just, I just picture Shin, just like carefree, just playing golf while this shit's going down. And I didn't think about that until late last night. I was like, huh? Shin really got out of all that shit yesterday. Well, I, I always think about this Fourth of July last year when when the Durant decision yeah. comes out. I'm on. I'm in one fairway at Lincoln Park West. But here it is, this major news story, sports news story in Oklahoma. It does not affect me in any way, shape, or form. And there was a, there was a peacefulness that came over yeah. me when that happened because it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so yeah, back to when it happened. So you know, in early in the morning, it was right after we got off a radio show, uh, and I wrote about this kind of in in one of the stories. Is I I hear that this is going down, and, and I. It's right at the moment it, it, I find out, oh, my God, Bob Stoops is going to retire. And it's legitimately happening. So I run into our our production studio. Curtis Fitzpatrick and Phil and Zynga are in there. And I look at Curtis, and I looked at Phil, and I could tell I was turning white. Like, like I wasn't able to breathe. It was such a huge thing. And they could see it on my face, and I just looked at Phil, and I go, Phil? I'm sorry, but you have to leave. <laughs> I need to talk to Curtis because there was no way I was telling Phil that Bob Stoops was going to retire because he'd just turn around and call his wife and she'd be posting it on Facebook before I could even get home. So I tell Curtis, I leave the station, and I, it's one of those things like it's a 35, 40 minute drive from the station. This happened with the Doyle Green Beckham stuff. Like it started breaking uh, as soon as I left the station. I, had, I pulled over twice to send text messages on the way home. And just drove straight to the stadium, and by that time, I think Shin, you were already there. Me and Eddie and K- was there. Yeah, Eddie was there. Kirsten Jason Kirsty was there. Garrett Emick was there, and we were just staking out the Switzer Center when you it actually had it was different than it. You know, you had the entryway, and, and coaches just drove up, you know, right on the sidewalk, and so we get there and we're just staking it out. But this was the same deal. I was like, holy shit, can I get home before somebody figures this out that this is happening? And I wanted to wait till I got home to text Bob to say, look, I'm hearing this. What do you want to do about it? Like, is this bullshit or is this real? And so 
about 20 minutes past. This is, I get home, it's probably 10.20. I send that, Bob calls me at 11.01. I'll always remember that time, because I looked, I was having to look on my phone to figure out what the timeline of the day was, and, you know, so Bob, he calls me, and he just says, hey, uh, how'd you hear that? Or where are you hearing that from? And my first thought was, either he's going to be really mad or this is absolutely true because usually if something's true, the first thing people ask you, where, mm-hmm. where, who's telling you that? Like, so I said, you know, you it's, just did by not denying it. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, Eddie Radosevich was told, no, I didn't tell him that. Uh, Eddie had heard it like a, two weeks ago from some guy on a golf course or something. Right. I don't want to yeah. divulge a gut, you know, no, yeah, but, he, a, a buddy of mine had played and, in a golf tournament. And, and you told me, and I was like, oh, that's horseshit. Like, well, no, I mean, we literally laughed. I, I prefaced it by saying, like, I'm getting ready to tell you a load of bullshit, but I feel like I have to tell you this. Well, how many times in the last six, seven years have we been told, hey, Bob's getting ready to retire? Every summer. Yeah. Every summer. It's, well, I mean, it's uh, every October. It's yeah. every, I mean, it just doesn't. And to me, my, my, uh, my, my BS detector was on because... Lincoln Riley had just gotten his, you know, raise and, and extension, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I was deflecting because I was like, oh, it's just people starting rumors because Riley got this raise, and they think that, you know, they don't want to lose him, and it's a, you know, they're just coming up with BS, and so, try not to say the shit word too much. Um, so, I totally deflected, didn't think anything of it, and then... We started getting contacted by people like, "Hey, Bob's gonna retire." Like this is going around, and and you hear people like his family's telling people he's he's gonna retire. And so, then Wednesday morning, I got a call, and it was somebody I I trusted, and they said, "Hey, you need to check into this." And so, um, that's why I decided to text Bob because I was like, "This is just this is getting louder and louder. We have to we have to address this." And so. Bob's like, who are your, who are your sources? And I, I tried to explain to him kind of what I just told you guys. Like, it's just coming so much. I can't, I can't deny that, you know, there might be something here. And then he, and then he was silent. And then he just, and this was his words. So he said, well, it's true. And I just go, and I, I think I said, holy shit. <laughs> Uh, because like when it's funny because like when you talk to Bob and Shin, you know this. Like you play golf with him a lot. Um, like when Bob cusses and he's just being relaxed, it's always it's never it's like never normal. It's just like oh my god, Bob Stoops is cussing. Yeah, but I, I mean it, it's not. I mean you know everyone cusses, but you you spend most of your life listening to him at a press conference and he never cusses. And then when he does, you're just kind of like, wow, that's that's funny. This guy's real. Yeah. So, so then he just admitted everything, and then we talked about it. And I said, "Look, I'm not trying to break this story. You've, you've, you've earned. I mean, Bob has always been good to us, Shin. I know he's always been good to you. He's been good to me. Uh, never, never. I don't think Bob has ever lied to me one time. No, he goes out of it. He will. Yeah, he he will. That's part of the reason why he can be so evasive because I'm not going to get caught in a lie here. Yeah, and and I think the only time he was ever, and he he jokes about this. You know, George Schroeder reported that he said that Jason White's had a knee sprain. Mm -hmm. Well, he actually had a tear in his ACL, and 
to this day, Bob joked about this pretty recently one time. He's like, he said, it wasn't a lie. He said, uh, tears are sprained. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime you have a sprain, you know, it's it's considered torn. There, You know, there are torn yeah. you know, fibers or whatever. Um, so like he even to the, he's proud of the fact that he never really lied, even though he kind of did fib a little bit on that. But publicly... He wouldn't lie, and he never lied to me about anything. He never made me look stupid. So I said, look, Bob, it's been 18 years. You've always been good to me. I'm not looking to break this because I know you've got to tell people. And he said, like, at that point, when he was talking to me, the regents didn't even know. And because uh, he was like, once you tell the regents, everybody's going to know. And I think another part of the deal was he wanted to make sure Riley was going to replace him. Yes, that was part of it, too. Because he said that the regents had to be... Uh, brought into it so they could, uh, so they could okay Riley becoming the right because if there's two or three regents that are well, we're not on board with this, and all of a sudden everything just blows up. So I, I mean, I, I can definitely understand that part of it where let's m- make sure everything because I think that was the other big part of it. He wanted to make sure the only guy who was leaving was him, and that was it. And then. My thought was, well, you should be able to tell your team before they find out on Twitter. Because, I mean, I thought that was only fair. And, you know, as the day went along, and I'm sorry this story is so long-winded, but as the day went along, I knew, like, Jake Trotter was texting me, and, and, he, and he had caught wind of it. And I knew that Dusty was getting calls from ESPN trying to find out if there was some truth. So I knew other people knew about it, and... I think, Josh, weren't you out at camp or Eddie? I mean, weren't you out and didn't, like, Jenny Carlson stop by and try and show J.D. Runnels something? She, I'm pretty sure she had texted J.D. and JD Oh, you were standing and, next yeah, to J.D. I was standing JD. next to J.D., but the whole, like, just going out, and Josh, you can add to this, is just the, the idea of going out to their elite camp on a day that walking in, you know, you had already told us that Bob was retiring. That this, I told you guys. Yeah, I told Josh in a group text. I told Josh, you, and Joe, and right. then I'd talk to Shin uh, while he was on the golf course. So you guys knew, and then my program director at the radio station knew. Those were the only people I'd told. So you guys go into elite camp knowing Bob Stoops is stepping down as yeah, the head coach, and he's no longer the head coach. And all the assistant coaches are out there. They have some of the. You know the the big offer guys that they had invited their to this elite, elite camp, camp yeah. yeah were there getting ready to work out and it was just so surreal walking around and even seeing like some of the players Caleb Kelly was there I ran into Justin Broyles talked to him for a minute you know didn't want to tell him to go to his team meeting today but you know at the same time it's like your your world's about to change. It's like you're walking downtown and you know a nuclear bomb is about to fall and you're watching as a mom is walking her daughter hand in hand and you're like, those people are going to die. Yeah, like the the entire daycare is walking by and it's like, what a beautiful day it is. <laughs> it's like, you people better watch out. <laughs> Go inside. But like, okay, so... so the chop off. Eventually, they, they try to have a team meeting at 3.30 Bob is, I'm telling Bob, like, this is not going to last much longer. You need to do what you need to mm-hmm. do. And so then they bust up the meeting into 2.30. And I can't remember, Shin, was it you told me, or somebody was telling me. It was Oboe told me at the press conference. They, they, they sent out the group text 3.30. And he went, he told me he just went, he went to sleep. He set his alarm for like 3 mm-hmm. o'clock. Then he wakes up at 2.20 and, oh, they moved it up to 2.30. So he showed up to the meeting <laughs> late. 
But, the, you know, the whole thing about it was, you know, they were trying to beat this out. And then Trammell was actually the first person that, that broke it. And it was, I don't know, 145 or mm-hmm. so. Yeah, yeah, just about. Um, and so then I go, well, cat's out of the bag. And so I was like, you know, I did talk to Bob and I promised Bob if it comes out, you know, then I'm going to. I'm going to say something. And so I just tweet out, I've spoken to Bob Stoops and he, he is retiring. And then I hate it because I saw like a couple of players are like, what? Like responding to me. And I didn't respond back to him. I just, it wasn't the way I, you know, well, it, it, but it's also the classic deal. If you watch your players to hear it from you first, you better not delay telling them. Yeah. But like you said, <laughs> they had to do the, the regents thing with Lincoln mm-hmm. and get him, you know, uh, I think they, you know, they did it and they were like, people were like in class and they were getting these text messages, like do whatever you have to yeah. do to get here by yeah, 2.30. Yeah, yeah. The rare one, like if you got to skip class, skip class. Yeah. yeah. And I think it even goes further too, is the whole fact that, you know, the softball team had just won the national championship. They didn't expect the news to come out until Friday. Right. Right. And, and the, the, yeah, they were going to do this on Friday, but, and they wanted to give softball an opportunity to sell, have their celebration and, all that stuff, but so once Bob knew that this was coming out, they decided they they put it all together really fast and did it all on Wednesday. Now, you guys, what I found interesting is I was kind of Josh. Um, I was hearing from you guys what the once it started coming out, you guys were actually that camp was still going on, and coaches, Josh. I mean, you kind of described it like you could tell like the coaches didn't even know that Bob was retiring. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could tell, and Eddie, I'm sure, saw it too, but you would be talking or, you know, you'd be watching, and all of a sudden the coaches started staring at their phone, like, you know, about five, ten minutes after we knew, you know, after it had kind of broken. Because like Eddie said, you know, we get kept, kept, kept getting people walking up to us and saying, oh, man, you hearing this crazy stuff? And, you know, Eddie and I kind of have to be like, yeah, crazy. <laughs> like, you, can't, you can't own it. So you're like, oh, yeah, nuts. And uh, so then it finally happens, and it's out. And somebody that I had just told, like, "Oh yeah, that's crazy," kind of looks at me, and I'm like, "Sorry, <laughs> I didn't know what to say to him." But uh, you son you of know, a bitch, so, you knew the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and like, because uh, one of the people I was talking to actually um, uh, kind of works loosely uh, with the athletic department. Carrie, you know, I don't want to mention his name, but you know him. We've known him a long time, and he was standing there, and he kind of looks at me and chuckles because he thought somebody else had heard the dumb rumor and I was like no man it's real you know and, and he you know and he immediately had to leave it was kind of a whole thing so um were there actually like but, coaches like just walking away like like leaving oh, yeah. the elite yeah. camp I, I 100% think that Kel Gundy got a phone call and like had just found out did you that's the one that sticks out to me too Eddie because Kale was kind of down doing drills and getting warm up and he was real involved and he's talking you know I mean that that's Kale's role is kind of the camp director of these kind of things. And all of a sudden he just leaves and he's at the other end of the Everest indoor for like 10, probably 10 minutes or it it felt like half an hour. It may have been five, but he was gone for a long time. And then he kind of comes back and I thought he was more subdued. You know, it maybe it's me reading into it, but it clearly felt different from him. And I know looking around, you were looking at the rest of the staff and they're looking at their phones and they're kind of, you know, like you'd see them kind of pair up, like, are, are you seeing this? You know, kind of thing. So it, I wouldn't say the whole staff didn't know, but I think I, I would bet the majority didn't know. It was just really weird, too, how much the 
the atmosphere had been just sucked out of the elite camp. It was like, this thing is, I, I could shoot video of a kid doing 10 backflips in a row and then getting an interception and it won't get any views compared to <laughs> the shit that's happening in real time right now. Oh, I mean, it's just, that's, that is tough. I, I didn't even really think about that. Like, you know, those coaches that were finding out just looking at you like, you sons of bitches. Yeah, and I mean, Seth Luttrell was down there. I mean, I guess we could have talked to him. He was down there for the elite camp with North Texas. Memphis coaches were down. It was just the weirdest. It was kind of, it just added to the surrealness of the moment, I guess would be the best way to put it. Too bad LSU couldn't have canceled it for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So it goes down, and the press conference is set for 5.30, and uh, I'll just say that, and people, I had a friend texting me about it today, like people cannot stop talking about how awkward that press conference was. Just that you're, first off, I, it just felt surreal seeing David Bourne up there saying basically bon voyage to Bob Stoops. Like, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it, but then at the same time, Having Lincoln Riley sit there, being introduced as a and yes, I I agree with anyone who said they should have had two separate deals, but I'll also say this: I think Bob Stoops wanted it that yes. way exactly. He yes. wanted to get it over with, and also it I it, you know it was to me and and I think you guys would agree with this. Uh, it was Bob Stoops the way that Bob Stoops would have wanted to do it because. He really wanted it to feel as though the program was just continuing on. The program that he built was continuing on. It was it was an awkward press conference, but the guy that seemed the absolute most comfortable with what was going on was Bob Stoops. <laughs> it was the most comfortable I'd ever seen him in a suit in front of a microphone. It was I've, probably the most comfortable we'll ever see him in a suit. In front. I think I've told you guys many times, it almost feels like even in the interviews he's done on the radio and stuff since then, it feels like he's the happiest he's been in yeah. Yeah. forever. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. I listened to him on, he was on with Dusty and, and Mark yesterday. Yeah. He was <laughs> on a beach uh, and the wind was just blowing. I thought he was on a golf course, but he said he was on a beach with Coach Spurrier and Matt, you know, uh, McMillan. McMillan. And uh, literally have never heard him sound that happy in my entire life. Yeah. He seems, I, I mean, and, and I think that's part of the reason why he didn't want to wait till Friday to do this. He was like, I've made a decision. You wanted to get his toes in some sand. <laughs> I am, I am, I am ready to retire. Yeah. Yes, I'm not. Well, if you move until Friday, I may not come into work that day. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just get me on Skype. <laughs> yeah. But like Thursday, what was it? Uh, Tuesday, he was on a golf course with Steve Spurrier doing an interview, mm -hmm. and then Wednesday, he was on a beach with Steve Spurrier, and who knows who else, uh, playing bocce ball and stuff, and it's just like. He's just living the life. He's living the dream. It as ready as he was to retire, it seems like on the flip side, Lincoln Riley was as ready to take over as head coach. Yeah. And it's been I don't know, Josh, it's it's gonna be interesting because now we're finding now we're having to interpret tweets. I've actually had to make phone calls to people and say, Now what does this mean? And and people are like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like this is going to be life is going to be very interesting with Lincoln Riley, Josh. Uh, there's no question. I mean, obviously, the Jaden Woodby stuff last night with was really interesting with Jaden Woodby. Apparently, knowing something that, you know, I guess no one on the Sooner Scoop staff knew that you can mess with locations on Twitter and, you know, say you're 
in Afghanistan while t- live tweeting from Oklahoma City or whatever you want to do. So he messed with everybody, said he was in Oklahoma. Now, then got kind of frustrated about the fact that everyone thought that meant something. And I'm like, I don't know how you get to do that. But to your point, uh, after that, that would-be tweet, uh, last night, Logan Riley tweeted the hashtag for the 18 class, SE2K18, and then the fire. And the last time he'd done that hashtag was when Ron Tatum flipped. Um so I thought, well, okay, maybe that those things connect, and then well, that was be a, about a, five a, minutes later hits me up. It's like I'm not, I'm in California. Well, and that was you know I we have a our, our little war room, and I happened to see it like nine seconds after he tweeted that, and so I put that to you guys, and I said this has got to be a commitment, right? We all thought it was a commitment, and so what I ended up being told was that. Lincoln had been doing a lot of Skyping that night or FaceTiming. And uh, that's probably what it was. And I guess we think it must have been Woodby that he was he was uh, FaceTiming with. And, and I think that's part of what, you know, I keep getting people asking me, like, what are the differences going to be between Bob and Lincoln? And I think that one is going to seem so trivial. I, I understand to everyone but it's stuff like that where he saw everybody kind of getting jacked up about Woodby being in Oklahoma. And even though he knew that he wasn't in Oklahoma, he fired out that tag and it just gets everybody more incensed and crazy. And it it's you know, recruiting is about perception. I mean, it's about what you want to believe, what you choose to believe. And right now it feels like Oklahoma is is hot on the recruiting trail. And frankly, they picked up one commitment. I mean, since in the last week, which is certainly not a bad thing, and Ron Tatum's a very good player, and we can talk about him, but it's it's more about Oklahoma feeling like they're trending in the right direction with a whole bunch of visits coming up over the next two or three weeks. Well, and I, you know, if it was would be that he was, you know, skyping with or whatever, then he knows what that message means, and Lincoln Riley knows what that message means, and everybody else trying to figure out what the hell is going on lets that you know lets that recruit whoever it is think that they're oh my god you know only we know about this and look what a stir it's causing i mean it it's it's a it's a stupid thing to you know get off my lawn people but it for kids that's you know that's something that oklahoma hasn't had with you know with bob stoops not really being into all that stuff sidebar can we point out how big of how big of a loser you are the guy Thanks. that no, not not you, <laughs> just the guy that that decides he needs to tweet to Jaden would be after he sent out that message like, we, we need you in Oklahoma, man. I just wanted to get that. Are out. you really gonna rail against that guy? I yeah. mean, that guy. That guy wears. That jorts. guy is unstoppable. You're Which, not. You're never gonna shut that stuff down. Oh, okay, I so know. Eddie, we've lost that battle. I know. I, yeah. I fought it five years ago, but it's. I know. It just it, needs to be like reminded, like. That that's like repeatedly stuffing the kid in the locker just to make sure he knows he's a loser. That needs to happen occasionally. <laughs> yeah, but I mean those people are shame proof. They really are. Yeah, it just doesn't. You're work. not. You're not. Yeah, you're you're not gonna affect. Well, them. and it's not like anybody's out there doing it as Tom Sanderson with his picture with him and his lovely family. Like it's some random guy with an OU helmet. Like yeah. it doesn't. It's not like he has to go around <laughs> living through that day to day at Best Buy. Yeah, he's usually. Got, <laughs> he just, <laughs> that's true. He's usually got a photo of himself cheering in the stands from a game, like in the south end zone, the old south end zone. <laughs> it's probably the same. It's the same type of person that tweets the professional athlete and 
man, I love you. Give me your autograph. It's like, well, guess what? That that Will you go to athlete, prom with me? Yeah, he doesn't care about you. <laughs> yeah. Tangent over. It's just we we live on Earth with these people now, Eddie. We have you have to coexist. I hate it. <laughs> so anyway, the the delicacies of Lincoln Riley's tweet game, I think we can we've covered. Yeah, it's uh it's very A plus plus though, I would say. He's going to uh I don't think you have any I don't think as an OU fan you should have any trepidation that he's not going to be active on the social media. Okay, for so he hires Ruffin McNeil uh, yesterday. And like I said, Dusty Dvorak been talking about that people could kind of put two and two together. Although he was at Virginia, mm-hmm. you know, which was a he had a nice job at Virginia. Uh, working with Bronco Mendenhall, who's a very good coach. Um, but I thought the most interesting thing about the hire, and something I didn't really talk a lot about when it first happened, but you know, Lincoln Riley, I don't want to use the word saddled, but he's been saddled with somebody else's staff. Like he, he has to move forward. He didn't get to choose the people that were on his staff. He did with Ruffin McNeil. It's the one move he's been able to make. And I think it's very notable that he all, not only is he defensive line coach, but he also named him assistant head coach. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's probably a way of getting Ruffin McNeil more money. Sure. Yeah. But it, it does. I mean, there's two guys on this staff that Lincoln Riley hired. That's McNeil and, and Dennis Simmons. Dennis Simmons, yeah. So, I, I mean, yeah, after, after this season – you know, you'll Riley will get there if he wants to. He gets to remake that staff. Which, I mean, let's face it. Mike Stoops has a year to put together a really good defense. Fair, right? Well, I mean, the other deals if Mike Stoops puts together a really good defense, he could have a lot better coaching opportunities next year too. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean that's, I mean, Mike Stoops needs to have a big year in any way, shape, or form for Mike Stoops' career. Yeah, and. You know what? I it wouldn't shock me if Mike Stoops does have a really good year, and and look, people know I talked to Mike. We haven't talked about this, but it, I wouldn't be shocked if he had a really good year and then decided I'm going to take a job somewhere else. Yeah, I could. Yeah, you could definitely see that. I mean, I don't. He came to OU to work for his brother. I I, I think work for yeah. my brother stood out a lot more than come to come come back to OU. And you know what? I mean, he's got to stay. He, he can't. I'm sure if he wanted to after this year, he could go and, and be Mark's defensive coordinator if he's still at Kentucky. Could. Or, you know, honestly, you kind of think if he's smart, if he wants to leave OU, it's don't go work for a family member. Go. I think if there was a job in the Big Ten that was open that needed a defensive coordinator, I think, I think Mike would love to coach in the Big Ten because it would get him away from all these offenses. Yeah, but you can also kind of see these offenses starting to infect the Big Ten like a virus, too. I mean, that it's... <laughs> well, mean, Kevin Wilson's gone now. I mean, but now he's at Ohio State. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, he's much scarier now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now he's just going to get to do it with a lot with more a, talented players. NFL players all over <laughs> yeah. the roster. So, yeah, there's a and chance... We've, we've seen what happens in 2008 when he's got that, so... Yeah, it's... it's I think anywhere you... Th- you're going to have to learn... You're going to have to defend this stuff anywhere you can go. I just realized somebody's out there. Why'd you run the damn football, Kevin? <laughs> run it again. <laughs> I better tweet a recruit now to make me feel better. 
So, I mean, but yeah, I mean, the, everybody asks me, the, the question I get the most, and I got this from my buddies that were texting me today, is did, did he bring in Ruffin McNeil to replace Mike Stoops? It's impossible to say that. I mean, everybody has an opportunity to keep their job. I mean, even Tim Kish, I know people don't want to hear that, but but if Tim Kish can get in on some recruits and and you know bring in a Jacob Phillips that he lost last year or somebody of that caliber, he can keep his job. But also, you know, guys, if they were hired, as you said, to, to coach for Bob and they don't feel comfortable coaching for Lincoln, then they can try and find other jobs. I mean, I think some of that will happen. How about the real special dumbass that got all hot and bothered because Lincoln Riley brought in Ruffin McNeil? How about how about that special kind of a person? Eddie Radosevich. Um, I, I mean, I, I tweeted it yesterday. I just don't You're think literally bitching to bitch because of that. I don't think there's a a downside exactly. to bringing in Ruffin McNeil. How how he's could a there? position coach. Uh, you're not redoing your defense uh, in a. You're not having a month to redo your defense because I said this all along to people like we need to get rid of Mike now. No, you need to keep Mike because you've installed a defense. You've changed the defense, and if you get rid of Mike, you only have a month to learn a brand new defense. How well is that going to go over in this conference? Yeah. Well, that and it's just. It's, it's always kind of like the, the people just complain to complain. Well, and people forget that this is the middle of June. Like, you can't just go out. Like, somebody that Lincoln could surely hire next January, he might not be able to hire right now just because there's not a guy that's going to make that leap. I think largely McNeil was willing to because of their relationship. And he was a position coach. He wasn't a coordinator. Yeah, true. Absolutely true. And that could be another deal. I don't know what kind of deal McNeil had at – Virginia, but probably getting that assistant or associate head coach title probably allowed him to get out of his contract at Virginia without it being yeah. with, it wasn't a lateral move. It was a it could be viewed as a promotion. So yeah, I mean that that's another aspect of it that I know. don't know if Virginia's that savvy. Uh, like I'm, I'm Oklahoma State's been through the ringer on that stuff. Um, as far as like getting their coaches stolen. Well, yeah, like uh, uh what's his name, the offensive line, Wickline, coach? Wickline, yeah, um. But I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, Virginia to me that seems like a, a powerhouse kind of. I mean, something the SEC does a lot. I mean, they have that rule in there for well, coaches. Well, I mean, it's a deal in your. I mean, usually if you don't if you don't want it in your contract, you can probably get them to take it out. They're going to pay you less money. Yeah. But I, I mean, that's that could be part of it. But I will just say this, and and back to Bob Stoops for a second. I mean, everybody that's trying to figure out, like, what's the smoking gun? What's the real story behind it? Like, there, I just, I, I firmly believe, and I, I could be wrong, but I just firmly believe that Bob Stoops was just ready to retire. He was just ready to stop being the head football coach at Oklahoma. I don't think there's any smoking gun. I don't think, you know, he, I don't think the doctor told him he has one year to live or anything like that. I just, I think he was at peace, and, and you guys mentioned it never seeing him that happy in a suit in front of a microphone before. And I still think you know, after hearing him on the radio, he's just at peace. And this is, and I don't, I, it would shock me if he get, gets back into coaching. It would me too. I mean, we talked about this in the aborted podcast last week, but this with the recruiting rules that are, that are changing miscarriage that are going, that will go into effect next spring with these guys to start making these spring visits. When, when does a coach get any downtime? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. And if you've been doing this for, you know, in Stoops' case, you've been, in, you know, you've been involved in this for over thirty years. You're looking for a. It, it wouldn't surprise me if it, any of these guys who are in their fifties are like, okay, when do I get off this train? Yeah, because it's this train is just going to keep going faster. It's not going to slow down. And we even, Josh, we even kind of mapped it out, or, or Shin mapped it out in the story. But you think about it, like when the season ends. Josh, it's all about recruiting, and, and those coaches are chomping at the bit to make up for lost time in recruiting going into signing day. Now you're going signing day, spring football, and then June or July, August, or, or no, April, March. No, I think it's April, May, May June. May, June. April, May, June. April, May, June. So, which, which is right after spring practice ends. So, yeah, Josh, I mean, and you're bringing in juniors, but – I would assume that that this becomes a really big big deal with kids wanting to take these official visits. Then, Josh. Oh yeah, I mean, and I think, and I said it a few times since then. I think everybody, like you said, and I hate how whenever we say exactly what you just said, Carrie. Like, I don't think there's any smoking gun. I don't think there's anything, to, you know. And there's nothing in the closet here that's going to be a problem. I hate the the looks you get like, oh, you're just being naive. Like, no, I, I really don't <laughs> think there is. I don't think anything's happening here. I just know no, what I, I'm talking about, dumbass. I, I think I, I think when you look at it, I mean, I, and I, I, I think the best comparison I can make is to compare for myself. When I started doing this back in like 2001, you know, Bob's third year, well, from signing day to, I don't know, maybe late May was really slow. There was nothing going on and it, it's no different for me than it was for the coaches. Now I just literally got off the road from almost three straight weeks of not being home. Like I, I was just constantly gone flying, driving just any anywhere. And the coaches have even more extreme schedules than I do because they have the budget to go everywhere. So that these guys just live on the road. And I think, and obviously that's not the case for Bob because of the rules, but Bob has to be there to host recruits and have guys over. You know, he had two uh, two visitors, uh, two official visitors at his house that weekend before he resigned. The Dylan Fa'amatu kid and uh, Anthony McKinney were a couple of junior college guys that were both there, went over to Bob's, had breakfast with the family, all that sort of thing. So th it's just nonstop. And so when people are like, well, this isn't a good time, that's the reality of what we live in now. Like, there's no good time. Say he does it in January after the bowl. You could have totally nuked your 2017 class that was so good. If he'd have done it in, you know, the middle of the spring, well, now we have to refine our whole, you know, go through spring practice, and we have to kind of lay out our new staff and our new, um, you know, whatever we're going to recruit. we got to figure out our offers. All the, There's no good time to do it now. The, the, it doesn't exist on the calendar. You just have to do it when you feel like you can. And what else? And people say this all the time. Well, he makes millions of dollars. It just, you know. You can make as much money as you know you could ever spend, but when you don't have a life and you do that yeah. for eighteen years, it's it's not humanly possible to keep doing. If yeah, you never I mean, have a break, what's the point of being rich if you can't enjoy the spoils of being rich? And you know, Stoops, you know, you have your chances to get away for a weekend here, a weekend there, but can you shut off your cell phone? Yeah, no. Now he can. I mean, I mean, that's that's. I think that's part of the deal that, you know, people, you know, most of us that live pay, paycheck to paycheck think it's an easy life. But, I mean, the stress you got to go through to get that money is 
it, 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 when you can get away from it, you want to get away from it. You think of it this way. You start in August. That's August, September, October, November, December. That's five months where you don't even get a weekend off. I mean, if you have a bye week, you're still doing work for the next week. So five months of the year, you never get a day off, ever. That's extreme. I mean, that's... And we kind of have the same thing, you know, in our lives, but being covering college football. But at the same time, we could have a Thursday where, you know, we just don't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, we, yeah. we kind of get a day off. The coaches don't have that kind of stuff. So I, I'm surprised that that we'll... I, I will be surprised if we see any coach ever coach 20 years. No, moving I, forward. If if Lincoln Riley's highly successful at OU, I expect him to be retired by his late forties, and he's thirty three now. And if if he can make it at OU till he's forty eight, forty nine, that would be a, a pretty impressive run. I think that just that misunderstanding of the, I guess the the coaching clock is probably the biggest reason why people need an answer of why now for Bob Stoops is just well they just don't the, understand the the grind almost. No, they don't. I and it's it's not. It's kind of like everything else. Everybody, they only believe what they see. And it's just like a social media. It's like that thing that happened a couple of years ago. And it, I got in a big fight with Mike, or I don't call it a fight. Mike yelled at me for a while. But, you know, it was a thing on our board that he wasn't doing anything because he wasn't tweeting out where he was. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got really mad about that. Like, you know, so I tweet out every everywhere I go. And he's like, he's he, he basically was telling me, you know how much he, you know, how much work they do do when they when they're out recruiting that time of year. But people, unless they see it, they just don't believe it. They can't be with Bob Stoops every day to see. Like Shannon was talking about this before the podcast started. They can't be there when they see David Bourne call him, tell him he needs to come to a fundraiser because you know one of the guys that wants to donate is really wants to meet him mm-hmm. or, or, and it's at two thirty on a Wednesday right yeah. when they're getting ready to practice and well, I want to go to, I need to go to practice. Well, I'm paying nine other guys to help run practice. Can, can you give me an hour here? Yeah. I mean, that's part of being a head football coach. So if you can't see those things, you just think, I think a lot of people think that Bob kind of works a job just like they do. You know, they wake up in the morning, they go to work, they clock out at five and then they come home and have family time. No, they, like, Bob changed it to where at least he let the coaches take their kids to school. And so they would get in the office a little bit later than some staffs would. But I think 7 o'clock was pretty much a standard time of people leaving the office around there. Yeah. I, I mean. On know, a good day. We talk to guys after practice. There's nobody, there's no coaches getting in a car. Yeah. <laughs> after we get through talking to them. They're, no, those cars are still there. Yeah. We're leaving at 6.30. Yeah. And, they're, they're, and the coaches that haven't even talked to us, they just go straight from practice field to the film room i mean would have won a national title in 2008 if they would have stayed later and then they're not even talking about calling kids that night you know later on and all that stuff i mean well that's like i did that 72 hour story you know about lincoln riley what was his first 72 hours like and like they had the press conference and then and josh you i know you got some feedback on this stuff but they have the press conference lincoln kind of does some walk-off stuff uh, his coaches are there. Some of his players are there. He kind of mingles a little bit. And then he leaves and immediately goes down to the locker room. And the team is there. And then he meets with them for a while. And so this is probably about 637. 
and then after he meets with the team and, and talks to them for a while, uh, lets them know what he wanted to let them know, he goes up into his office and he just makes phone calls till like 10 o'clock that night. He called like 20 people. But you know, over those first two nights, he, he had spoken with personally 40 different players and the ones that he didn't spoke, speak with over the phone, he texted. But, I mean, Josh, I think it's it seems to me like it's it's paying off for him and that there's really, you guys were in Indianapolis, there's really nobody that's just like, oh, I don't know what's going on at Oklahoma. I mean, everybody seems to, seems like they understand that there's been a change. It's Lincoln Riley, and he, he really wants them at Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, because... I can remember at times when I would do interviews back in the day when, oh, you would have a change of position coach or something like that. And it would, I mean, we're talking about a position coach and it would go weeks without the guys at that position actually hearing from the, from that new coach or whoever it may be, or even from another coach, if somebody had left, you know, whatever, there was just no contact. And now, I mean, we talked to what, probably nine, 10, 11 guys, and they had all already spoken to, um, to Lincoln Riley, to the point that I thought it became interesting when I talked to a guy that I thought OU was serious about and would be like, hey, have you talked to Coach Riley yet? No, I haven't. That threw up a red flag. Like They had covered the bases so well that I was like, maybe OU's not as locked in on that guy as I thought they were just because, I mean, like I said, they've handled this so cleanly and so smoothly that I, I think it's it's probably a sign when a guy at, at this point in the game, a week on, hasn't heard from Oklahoma. Well, and obviously, you know, bringing in Ruffin McNeil, I know a lot of people, and you were working on an article on that, just about, I mean, let's face it, Ruffin McNeil, it's kind of that racist thing. I mean, I've, I've, I've laughed about this with black coaches before, um, like, oh, he's a black guy. He must be a really good recruiter. It's like, it's very racist. Like, <laughs> you know, people only see black coaches as being recruiters. They don't really see him as being good coaches. And um, so everyone kind of assumes, oh, everyone knows that Ruffin McNeil is a very, you know, well-respected coach. I mean, the stuff that Bronco Mendenhall put out on him on Twitter was just amazing to read. Uh, but the one thing I think about it is when people ask me, is he a really good recruiter? I don't know. He's been at Texas Tech and ECU. I mean, he yeah, he's never been anywhere yeah. where you can be a really good recruiter. Yeah. So, he's been at places you can be a really good developer. Yeah, but not a really good recruiter. So it, it is, Josh. I think it's interesting because I think just like Lincoln Riley, and he said this when he first got here, like he was very excited to come to Oklahoma because he's never been a place like this. Because not because it was such a great program, but because he's never been able to recruit to a place like Oklahoma. And it's going to be interesting to see, because we think Ruffin McNeil's really great at communicating with people, with building relationships. This is really his first opportunity to, in, in a while, I mean, he's been at other places like Clemson uh, back when he first got into coaching, but it's going to be his first chance to see how good of a recruiter he can be too. Oh Yeah, I don't think there's any question. And, I, you know, talking to people, I think you're right about kind of the generalization because when I talk to people, I don't get the feeling that Ruffin McNeil is going to set the world on fire as a recruiter, you know, come in and just give these kids a sales pitch and they're going to jump on board. I don't think it's going to be like that. I do think he is a guy that, that the high school coaches he knows, the players he has either coached or wants to coach or whatever the case may be, end up respecting and trusting him completely. I mean, when I talk to 
you know, I've talked to a couple of rivals guys within our network that have, have worked with, um, you know, either at Virginia or Texas Tech or East Carolina, you know, have been around him and dealt with him. And everybody just glows about the kind of person he is and the way his players gravitate toward him. And just so I, I think there is a very good chance for him to build relationships. But I think if you're expecting him to come in and be this, you know, Alec Baldwin, you know, coffee is for closers guy. I don't know. That that's, <laughs> I don't think that's very realistic, but I, I, I think the has guy good over leads. time can be successful. <laughs> I'm just waiting on Ruffin McNeil first defensive meeting. <laughs> 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 walks ABC's in and tells Mike gentlemen. Stoops to put the coffee down. <laughs> <laughs> So Mike Stoops is Jack Lemon in this in this situation. I do love the scene where he's like, "These leads are shit." He's like, if I gave you good leads, I'd just be wasting. <laughs> These leads are shit. You're shit. Only thing you should be drinking coffee for is a good bowel movement in the morning. Oh man. I'm gonna hear about this one. Um, you know the I, I do think it's funny. It's like comparing with Jack Lemon. Lincoln Riley worked really hard on those first couple nights that he was uh, as head coach, but that had to have been like one of those kind of I don't know, almost like a high getting to call kids and be like, "I'm the head I'm, coach. Yeah. I'm the head coach at Oklahoma. Let's talk." Put his feet up on that huge ass desk in the new offices. Yeah, I mean he's got a lot of energy right now. I mean. I'm sure Bob's like, yep, call me in 10 years. <laughs> but, I I mean, I can remember when I first, you know, got a morning show, and the first year was just a whirlwind. Now, four years into it, I'm about to die. So, I can identify with that. Well, that's that's another part we talked about where, you know, 33 doesn't seem like a liability when you look at that world. Now, it seems like a little bit more of an asset. Yeah, and it and. and I don't know. It, it is going to be interesting because it just there. I will admit it doesn't feel right because I'm so conditioned to cover a program that is closed off and you know secretive and worried about anything getting out. And now you have a coach that is basically whenever something big happens, he he. What's the word I'm looking for? He he. I mean, he tweets about it, but. Uh, like covertly tweets about you know things that are happening in his program it's just bizarre and it's like we've never seen that at oklahoma and there's a part of me that's just like is this just a bunch of shit and like is this gonna all fall apart because you know it's like you're just not you've seen people that kind of do a lot of stuff on hype and it's just it, it usually doesn't go well but i guess i'm saying we're going to find out if Lincoln Riley is the real deal or is he just a guy that's that's kind of doing things with smoke and mirrors right now. You you would like to lean to the I guess the the first part and thinking that it's going to be okay. I mean, they return it certainly a lot this next season, but you can see how quickly something can fall apart when you look at how, you know, I I don't know, Josh, what's a good example you can think of of a guy that came in and, and just fell and flat recruited on his face. really well and, and built a lot of hype, and then it just Charlie all went to shit. No, nah, but I don't think he was like a first didn't year coach. that well going in. Yeah, I didn't like, think he, he was did like better a, after and, a year or yeah, so. Yeah, and Texas wasn't in nearly as good a shape as OU is right now either. I don't Mark Helfrick? I mean, he absolutely ruined the university. Anybody of that has been hired as Georgia's coach, how about that? 
anybody who's ever coached at Georgia. Kirby Smart's not a bad example. I mean, I wouldn't say Kirby Smart fell flat on his face, but they they had a really good class going, and, and they they closed strong, so it's not like he lost momentum or anything. But I, I think last year was pretty far from what Georgia people expect. I mean, Miami has a chance to be that here pretty soon. Is they're like, killing it. Seems like Rick is somewhat a hype machine. Yeah. No, well, I mean, his entire tenure at Georgia was a pure hype machine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking of somebody that's just super flashy, and it just kind of fall they fall flat on their face. I oh, guess Lane well, if we want to fit Lane in Lane Kiffin, yes, that's the perfect. That's example. a perfect yeah. one. Tennessee, in, in particular, well, was really bad. Yeah, I mean, fill the he got bag. Bryce Brown, Butch like Jones they had all that stuff going. Butch Jones and, is kind of doing that right now at Tennessee. I'd say if we're filling the douchebag uh, demographic, we could go Jim Mora. Yeah, because he's an all time loser. Is there a program you hate? Why do you hate Jim Moore so much? Because I, yeah, UCLA, bunch of bitches. They're a bunch of bitches. <laughs> it's the powder blue, isn't it? If you commit, I've said it a million times. If you commit to play football at UCLA, you're committing to never caring about football. I don't know. So so Jamabo's pretty good. He doesn't care about football. Went chase the Asians out in Hollywood. Yeah, but he was upfront about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. Yeah, at least he was up front about it. He committed. He said Asian girls everywhere. UCLA. If you're going to do that, you're saying that you don't care about football, and I'm completely fine with that. I mean, I might make that decision at some point. You definitely would. <laughs> yeah, I would. If you had that opportunity. Yeah, I might. It'd be like that horrible Johnny B. Good movie. <laughs> yeah. I would make Johnny Manziel. That's a classic. Look, I'd make Johnny Manziel look like a saint. <laughs> I'm talking about Anthony Michael Hall. You probably don't know it. about that life. No, I don't know. It's what Anthony yeah, Michael Hall, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. was his buddy. What, what's yeah. it about? Oh, it's about high stakes recruiting, <laughs> being a top prep athlete. All this it stuff. makes the program look like an uh, Oscar-nominated well, doc, uh, old text drama. <laughs> yeah, it makes the program look like a Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, <laughs> I think we lost you there for a second, Josh. Josh, are you there? I, guess. I, I am. Okay. okay. Can I'm you sorry. hear me? Yes, we're good. So, yeah, I I wouldn't recommend sitting through. Is it called Johnny Be Good? Is that yes. the name of the movie? Yes. They, they, they Okay, here's a song we can use in this, too. Yeah. yeah. It was total 80s trash. It had Uma Thurman in it, too. Oh, that was okay. his I'm girlfriend. That's yeah. right. Oh, I forgot about that. Man. She's looking good. She's always looked pretty good. Johnny Walker. It's the name of the quarterback. I don't think they ever th showed him throwing a football, did they? Uh, one of those movies. I'm not sure that they did. No. I know there was a football game in the beginning, but... He ran around a little bit. Yeah, he ran around, but I'm not, I don't... He might throw like a girl. I don't know. Can't well, have a good sports why, show. If, well, that's why A League of Their Own is one of the best baseball movies ever, because it solved that problem. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, let's hit on... Before we get out of here, let's hit on uh, just recruiting Josh and kind of you know Trevor Trout's coming in this weekend. Uh, I guess things are a little up in the air. I don't want to give away too much for Scoop, uh, but uh, just kind of really what has been your impression of, of recruits individually and the news kind of that's come out since Lincoln's taken over? Well, like I said, I think the communication is really at an all-time high. I mean, that, that's that's what I get. And, you know, and I can't remember. I'm going to blank on who it was, so I won't give the quote to somebody. But, but 
somebody during the five-star challenge in Indianapolis last weekend was talking and they were like, it was just his energy. He's so excited and he's really, you know, and so you guys kind of touched on that, you know, where at his age, it's easy to have that enthusiasm. And I I think that rubbed off on a lot of the kids. I I got the impression talking to people like Tank Jenkins, um, Ronnie Perkins, and a few others. This didn't hinder their decision at all. I mean, they've already talked to him. They feel good about it. Tank Jenkins, uh, the offensive lineman from Alabama, actually said Lincoln was one of the guys that came by and saw him this spring. So he already had a, a better relationship with Lincoln than he ever did with A little more direct and a little easier for him to kind of be like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd still love you. So I, I think in a lot of cases, be, it's going to be fine. And I think talked about um, Perkins, uh, uh, Trevor in. That'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think he makes a decision or anything, so I don't think it's going to come to that. But I think Oklahoma and, frankly, several other schools are kind of deciding where he is on their board. You know, is he a guy that we have to take right now? Which is so funny that it is that way because, I mean, he's a top 50 guy for rivals, but it's just kind of that kind of year where a lot of defensive linemen have made some early decisions and so it's kind of pinching numbers a little bit. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. But, yeah, on the whole, I think Oklahoma's in really good shape. They're going to bring in a lot of different guys over the next few weeks. Uh, and that's even before you get into um, the barbecue in late July when Oklahoma is already putting together a really good list that includes Jaden Woodby that we talked about earlier. We saw Trevor Trout in uh, St. Louis at the Rivals camp, and I think I kind of went in like, uh, we'll watch this guy, but everybody says he's going to Missouri. And I know when you guys interviewed him, he didn't even really seem that interested in talking to you. Uh, about Oklahoma, and now he's coming in to visit. Yeah, that interview was one of the stranger ones I've been involved with. I mean, because, you know, we were talking to, heck, we talked to Ronnie Perkins, and, you know, and I said, oh, Ronnie, you know, because he's always been good to me to talk to and really a good interview. And he goes, oh, no, Trevor's the guy to talk to. And I said, I've already talked to Trevor, and he didn't seem interested at all. And you could tell he, he didn't that didn't make sense to him in any way. So I, I don't know what that was about. But at the time, I was still hearing that Oklahoma was one of his top two or three schools. So I don't think it was connected to, you know, a lot of times you'll talk to a guy and they don't really want to talk because they're not that interested in OU or whatever school that reporter happens to cover. But that wasn't the case here. So I, don't, I still don't know what the deal was with that. But, yeah, he'll come in this weekend. Ronnie Perkins is expected to come. I've heard a little bit of late minute. I'm going to try to verify that with Ronnie himself and make sure he's uh, coming like he told me he would last weekend. I think Oklahoma needs to make him feel like everything's okay. I mean, there's been a lot of changes. He was he was pretty locked into Oklahoma, in my opinion. But then Oklahoma changes head coaches and has now added a defensive line coach. And I, so I'm sure there's a lot for him to kind of process and think through. So while... Probably two weeks ago, I thought he was almost certain to commit whenever he arrived. Now I'd say it's probably more 50-50, but I still think OU's in really good shape with him. Okay, so you mentioned, yeah, Josh uh, Helmholt came out with an article, a Columbus, Ohio kid uh, that OU's trying to get in this weekend, but it, it sounds like, Josh, it might be a little up in the air with him. Yeah, uh, as Josh mentioned in the article, uh, article, Brian Asamoa, one of Oklahoma's linebacker offers, uh, he's supposed to come in this weekend or has, I guess, been talking about it. But 
He mentioned in the article, uh, which I, I need to check with Josh, but I assume this interview was done in the last 24 hours, um, that he's not sure he's going to make it. Well, obviously from Columbus, Ohio, he's flying. And not, in my experience, not often do long-distance trips come together in like 48 hours. <laughs> Usually they, they're well-planned. So I, I, don't, I, I would be very surprised if he makes it. But I do think it's a good sign of where his interest is with Oklahoma as there's been a lot of kind of positive movement in that direction. And, uh, you know, as we, you guys mentioned Tim Kish earlier, that, that's a position oh, you could use an early win at. You know, and one thing I think that we're going to be keeping an eye on uh, recruiting-wise, uh, Chris Robison went back uh, home for the summer. And, Josh, I know you talked to him a lot in high school, covered him where a lot of his games. Eddie was in a lot of his games. Uh, I know you've had a long relationship with his head coach there as well. Um, do, do you do you see if something did happen and he decided he wasn't going to play football, uh, you know, take a year off, whatever, like, that Lincoln Riley could offer a second quarterback here in this, this recruiting class? I could see that. I, I think it would come down to, to me, what would make the most sense, just because, A, you don't want to affect Tanner Mordecai because I'm sure he was recruited being told, hey, you're going to be our only guy. And at the same time, you want to make sure it's a situation that's very inviting for your 2019 quarterback option, which is likely to be Spencer Rattler, the uh, the big-time kid out of Arizona. Um, I think you would look at a Juco. I think you would look at a guy that is kind of very Joey Halsey-like, that is going to be a guy that can take reps in practice, can do some things for you. Maybe in time you could feel comfortable with him in spot duty, but not a guy that you're expecting to come in and compete for a job because, frankly, that's not really what OU needs. They need a body. They need somebody who can keep you know, their quarterbacks from having to throw 500 extra passes every season. Wasn't Halsley committed to Oregon, or was that just his other offer? I think that was his other offer. I don't remember him being committed anywhere else, and I certainly don't mean that as a slight at Halsley, but I think we all know that you know he he was kind of brought in because they needed bodies. He lost that game at Tech. So do you, you have say a, whatever you want. do you have a problem throwing on pro day and not really being a a, a prospect? Because we Tyler Tettleton did it two years. Straight. We need you. What's all Eric Crouch do it down here? He did. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And everybody was like, really? You going to try this again? Well, that would be, yeah. I mean, at that point, you would just need numbers. Although, I would say that they f they would feel maybe about as good as Tanner Schaefer as they might, a Juco quarterback. I mean, it, seems like, it seems like whenever he's been asked about, Lincoln's been complimentary of him. Who's that? Tanner Schaefer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pride of Canada. Yeah. Or Canadian. 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 They just had a kid drafted pretty high in the MLB draft. Is Canadian not where? Um, Who's that defensive end? Yeah, Austin that's, English. Yes, Austin yes. English. Yeah, he's still around, by the way. Austin English in Oklahoma. Is he? Yeah. Can't imagine him being in a hurry to get back to Canadian. No. That wasn't where that that one son of a bitch was from, was it? That committed oh, the, to Tech. I think it. I think it was on signing day. I I remember. Uh, that and then like, he quit like a year later. Yeah, that was uh, Cooper Washington. Cooper Washington. That was yeah. like one of the wow. first. Wow. That was one of the first uh, guys that you guys had me like call. I think. And then he. You always remember your first. On the yeah. Well, I I called uh, when I was work when I was working for Krabby in college. I called uh, Cam Newton a couple times. Still have his. I still have like, his when he number was, in the when he was coming in out JUCO. Of, yeah, coming okay. out of JUCO. 
I think the first, you know, the first OU recruit I ever talked to was Josh Heupel. Really? And I swear, well, he enrolled early because he was coming from Snow Junior College, Mm -hmm. so he graduated, or he didn't have to graduate because he was... Do you think he was Mormon the first time you heard his name coming from Snow? I thought he was in an orgy when I first (laughs) heard him because uh, he answered the phone and I could hear loud music in the background and I could hear girls, like, screaming. Those were his wives. And... (laughs) <laughs> and then and then when he found out who I was, I was like, hey, Josh, this is uh, Carrie Murdoch from Sooners Illustrated. And all I heard him say was, turn down that music, calm down. <laughs> so he was like, he was like managing traffic. I could it's just so do, funny. I think he lived with Josh Norman. I think they were roommates. Oh, really? So I bet I bet they were having a good time. That's funny. And, and Josh Heupel then was a, he looked like a young Justin Timberlake then when he was, you know, working out and. His head got unathletic, like as he got older. But at one time, he had an athletic head. Eddie is well, looking I'm to, in, in I'm disbelief. To, I'm trying to think of something he doesn't I could believe say, that's but, true at all. Yeah. No comment. I no. Josh Heupel, when he was young, had an athletic head. <laughs> I had classes with his sister. That's really my primary Josh Heupel connection. And she married David Bourne's son, right? Mm-hmm. Dan, I think. Anyway, uh, Lincoln Riley, I posed this question, uh, athletic head or not? Unathletic head, athletic head. I would say... And does it matter on a head coach? Uh, Bob Stoops had an athletic head. Had one, but it gradually Yeah, with age, kind of disappeared. I'm trying to think. No, I'd say, I'd say athletic, decently athletic on Riley. Did you see the video of him? from mule shoe when he was in high school yeah it's it pretty stuff. funny i he, mean it, it he looks exactly like lincoln riley i mean that just a obviously younger version but i saw a video of uh last night of uh he looked like ruffin mcneil too and he's walking in the background he looked like a younger version of himself that was always locked himself in the bathroom like he just looked like he was just sweaty and you know running around <laughs> He just looked like a, a little dirtbag kid. <laughs> little dirtbag kid. <laughs> I'm sure there were a lot of dirtbag kids in Mule Shoe. I'm sure they were out chasing frogs and lightning bugs and all that stuff. What do you think the percentage of Trump votes that came from Mule Shoe, Texas? I'd say 99.9%. How many people are there? Uh, he, said, I, I, he, said some, he told somebody around 5,000. I heard on a radio. That's a pretty decent sized town. A lot bigger than I was thinking. I was thinking like 900. I think they're like Texas two way or something. I mean, so they're, I mean, they're not big, but they're not that small. In fact, the article that I was it an article that was talking about he went back last year and then put it in a bunch of plays, throw into the slot. I think like nine routes or something. And yeah, that was at Sports Illustrated. Was it okay? Yeah. He gave yeah he gave his high school coach. It was throwing long passes to the inside receivers, deep passes. And they used it all year, yeah. You imagine they lose a game early, spending too much time down in Bullshoe. I can't wait to see how many people just turn on him. Not turn on him, but just because he's the head coach, can't do things that you normally can do. Look, if let's face it, Bob Stoops, if Youngstown, Ohio had been close to Oklahoma, people would be making pilgrimage. 
they would have made pilgrimages to Light, lighting Youngstown. I guarantee you, you will start if Lincoln Riley has success. It will be like it will be like the magnolia for men. We need to Mule Shoe, uh, Texas. I'm talking about you know Chip and Joanna and their uh, see, magnolia farms. Is that what it was? It you magnolia? ruined it. I was going to ask if John and Eddie had any idea what you were talking about. I watch Fixer Upper on the regular, so yeah. Okay. Joanna's hot. I mean, why she, wouldn't you watch she her? She smoked. Besides, um, besides being uh, uh, enablers at Baylor, but that'll be a different. Yeah, podcast. that's that's a little troubling. Uh, but no, I I, I think. Lincoln needs to get on that, you know, get his family to make some silos or something. We could buy a house in Mulshu for 127 grand and turn it into the Lincoln Riley. Fix your upper it. Yeah, the Lincoln Riley. Uh, You're looking museum. at real estate in Mulshu right now. <laughs> yeah, get a house for two bed, one bath, 45 grand. That sounds more accurate. Yeah, yeah. that sounds more like a house. It's... I might. Mulshu sounds, I mean, it sounds kind of like Marlowe. Yeah. I mean, you, you work for the Duncan Banner. Yeah, I remember Marlowe. At least and, you had to go through Marlowe. Duncan people think of Marlowe. We really don't hate people from Marlowe. We hate people from Comanche because oh. their stirrups never stay in their shoes when they play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> They're just those. That was a my Bruce Cahagan, my uh, our assistant coach. He hated that more than anything. So like we didn't even have stirrups because like if there's any like I hate children wearing Steph Curry jerseys. That's my biggest pet peeve. Like. It drives me insane. I just want to spit on the kid when I see him. I literally have a physical reaction that I have to keep myself from going up to a kid and spitting on him. It happened to me in San Francisco, and I thought, oh, my God, I really would want to spit on that kid. But his biggest pet peeve was that we'd always play these small-town teams, Empire, you know, in summer ball, we'd go to Lindsay, and they'd all have stirrups, and they would never stay hooked up to the bottom of their feet. They'd always be out just you know, flailing around, and it drove him insane. Like, we couldn't even wear stirrups in summer league ball because he was always our coach. What do you think about rap music? I don't think he'd ever heard of rap music. <laughs> I mean, this was back This was back when MC Hammer was just I know, I'm, I'm just, I have this vision of, like, this just crotchety, like, just old-timer. I mean, there was only, there were only, you had Run DMC, you had MC Hammer, and you had Luke Skywalker, two live crew. The, the rap was so varied and wide. I mean, you had just filthy rap, or you had like you know, mom and dad rap, and then you had Rundy. I mean, rap wasn't rap wasn't what it was today. Although I not don't, what it used to be. I'm either. not really. I'm not really loving the whole Lil Yachty, Kendrick Lamar. I like Kendrick. Well, Kendrick Lamar's okay, but. But it's the whole future, really. I mean, it's a whole future thing. Everybody's trying to be future, it seems like. I the the one I I can't get my head around Drake. I don't understand the fascination. I I, I don't either. I'm right like there with he, you. If if he's the rapper of your generation, your generation sucks. <laughs> I, period. That that's just. I mean, and I like. I yeah, don't, we I have to have Drake while one of the Beastie Boys died. I mean, that sucks. See, and, you know, again, that's, that's, oh, never mind. I was going to get into something, but I'm not, I'm just going to avoid that. <laughs> the, the white rapper, I'm just going to avoid that, so. Well, Eminem's pretty good, I mean. No, no, I, I, I love Beastie Boys. I, I have no problem with that, so. Now, Vanilla Ice was a joke. Uh, that's a fact. But it was, was it, 
Was it Suge Knight that hung vanilla ice over the railing? Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. I, th- I think that was more... And forced him to sign over his publishing rights or whatever? So awesome. Yeah, but I mean, you you, you can also see vanilla ice just doing that for a sandwich, though. <laughs> That's probably true, too. You know, we're talking mid to late 90s. He probably had But had Suge a... Knight was a bodyguard then, right? He wasn't He wasn't a, into the rap game, I don't think. Uh, oh, late 90s? Oh, no. He no, was running he was, Death Row at yeah, that, that point. Oh, okay. They were, that was they were full okay, of Okay, yeah. Run DM, or, uh, NWA was already oh, yeah. going out and... No, I, Straight Outta Compton's a fantastic movie. It really is. And, you know, it stars Joe Mixon. Well... Doesn't Easy e look just like Joe Mixon? Have we had this discussion before? Nah, well... Mick, well, Joe Mixon's a lot bigger than Easy e but. but, I mean, the guy that played him in the movie. Yeah, in the face a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah at least he's, Mixon. Also, he's also in Keanu. He's in one of the gang members in Keanu. He was? Really? <laughs> yeah. That's a you need you need you, no I've seen, seen Keanu but I I can't I yeah I, he's in the shootout at the end that, the guy that wouldn't die <laughs> <laughs> I really would have liked that movie and I couldn't do it as soon as Keanu Reeves' voice became the cat I was like oh my god this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen no that that was that was a funny movie I, mean, I really like that and movie. it just came at you from every direction yeah oh, glad I didn't see it come on Eddie I I don't watch movies. I think the last movie that I actually like sat down to see, I couldn't even tell you. Maybe the Miracle movie. Sounds like my grandfather. Guys, <laughs> we, we need to hold a vote on this. I think Eddie's a millennial and he doesn't know it. Like, There's parts he doesn't of me like that, movies. I don't know. He doesn't really like music. He's a bro. Eddie's uh, just a bro. There's parts of me that thinks Eddie's like 67 years old, and there's other parts of me that thinks he's like 14. <laughs> There is like if like Eddie's zygote split at birth like and there became two of them, like there would be this version of Eddie, this bro version, and then there would be the obsessed with going to the gym Eddie. I think, like well that there is no Eddie that's accepts, obsessed with going to the gym. No, I, there would that would be your opposite. Oh, okay, that's what I'm saying. Okay. but you would both be bros. You wouldn't be millennials or hipsters or any. You, you're just a bro. I'm just here. Natty's for Patty proves that you are the ultimate bro. I'm the leader. You of love bar stool sports. You're, yeah. You know, you do your old row stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, I, I could, yeah, frat I boy I could bro. Still, yeah. I could go back to college. Cause yeah, <laughs> most, most guys goals in life is to, I want to make enough money, get enough standing. I don't have to drink natural light ever again. Yeah. But Eddie's goal Eddie embraces it. it. I accepted it. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie really, He's living the old school is a documentary to Eddie. That I would love to live that life. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. want to be the Godfather. That's yeah. that's your ultimate goal. I'd love to be Mitch. Would you Would you live Would you start it in Oklahoma City or Norman though? Uh, Norman, because you could maybe get young girls to come to your parties. There would be no maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything that has to do with Rush. You could start out with the big girl house, maybe? Uh, no. They wouldn't be. I mean, just to build word of mouth. They wouldn't be invited. In fact, one of my one of my Because you're such a, a treasure. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite stories of all time was going to a... I got kicked out of a uh, philanthrop... Philanth... What was the... Uh, what's the word Philanthropic. for Philanthropic? No. Uh, or maybe. Panhellenic, there yeah. I got thrown out of a panhellenic meeting because the uh, president was bitching about 
sorority girls going drinking at the fraternity houses and i told her she's just mad because she was never invited oh my god the whole place laughed it was my freshman year it was, it was a really it was a high moment i'd say that's like number that's like number six behind patty natty's for patties that's that's coming out with a fastball right there <laughs> just straight up so do we eventually now, need to just morph into where a fraternity we just sit around like bar stool we have a room that's just chairs and we just watch movies and or watch uh, games and i mean we could live stream them get a nice little corner corner office on uh campus corner right across the street from seven <laughs> come watch catty corner watch to sugars <laughs> that's what barstool sports <laughs> does they have people watch them watching games we could Sell some t-shirts. You wouldn't miss going to games and covering them? Uh, I mean, I would, but drinking while doing it wouldn't be bad. You don't have, like, secret footage of, like, cheerleaders or anything, like, at home. No. I always no. worry about that with you. <laughs> I Well, the only reason I don't is because, like, one of my greatest fears has always been, like, somehow having, like, like having an administrator stop me and, like, ask me. I want to like, see your camera. Yeah, and be like, <laughs> well... What Here, would we do in that situation, Josh? I imagine you you tuck that camera underneath your arm and run like hell. It'd be my guess, but yeah, the well, yeah, we'll, we'll fight this thing in the court. But my God, you're I not getting. I, I don't see that. I don't can get this thing from my cold dead hands. <laughs> I don't see. Uh, I don't see there any ever being a uh, a scoop HD upskirt. Yeah, that was that. There was a guy yeah. that was a photographer locally that was doing that. Really? Bad. Really? Yeah. No, there was and a it's thing. it's just kind of um, creepy. He worked for the Oklahoman. It's just kind of creepy. Know, those girls are at least of age. There was a thing a couple years ago where they were cracking down uh, in one of the Dallas ISDs, I think Garland. Oh, that's right. It was, and and, and th- uh-huh. that's why they were they were telling websites you cannot be credentialed. Really? Because, yep. Because I, someone, I don't even think that. it was a website. I think it this was it was just a it was something they could cut. So they're like, well, we're just going to cut out anybody that we know is non-essential. And so, like, basically, if you weren't Dallas Morning News or local TV broadcast, you couldn't come. Yeah, but some dude was shooting upskirts. Yeah, of the high school girls. But there's a close, not good. But there's a close proximity of people that go and go to high school games and do that, and then tweet recruits that they should go to this, their favorite college. <laughs> God. You know, I, I think, <laughs> Carrie, you said, you know, like, we don't have any of that, do we? Eddie would be one of my least concerned. The overt people, like, about their, you know, willingness to chase Blame girls and I want to have hot girls at my house. Like, those aren't the pervies. Those aren't the ones you got to be scared of. Like, they're they're just too real to be that way. It's the guy that doesn't ever say anything. That dude's yeah. super scary. Yeah, I agree. There's, they have a certain look to them, too. Yeah, like I, they're the guy you see in the grocery store. I'm like, I wonder how many dead bodies are in your freezer. So, All right, I think we've derailed the podcast. Uh, Shin, quickly, I know you, you put out, and I know, like, you know, there are hot boards all over and kind of take them with a grain of salt, but you put out a list of seven candidates. And, I, Josh, I thought it was funny because until the Ruffin McNeil stuff happened, I thought that was going to become the baseball coaching uh, candidate thread was going to become the all-time most commented thread on the website. It just, it went nuts, Josh. I, 
I have not looked closely enough at it. I have heard the legends of this thread, but between all the other stuff... And of course, Money Sooner got involved. Money Sooner was a walk-on at OU, and uh, he was really incensed that you would dare put Bill Moziello on the list. <laughs> the story that he told, though, about him walking and leaving the team... He actually... Well, Kerry and I were <laughs> talking about hilarious. it before I did it, and listen, Moziello... The story is they're playing Baylor, I think, in 2001. It was Baylor. They're in Waco. They're in Waco. It's the Saturday game. Moziello and Koshiel get into it, and Moziello just leaves. I mean, full uniform, <laughs> just walks back to the hotel. I don't even know if he ever came back to Norman. I mean, just literally walked off the job, and we were talking about it about six weeks ago. Uh, a former player was telling me when he was in the Yankees organization, Moziello did the exact same thing then. <laughs> But the guy, but you look everywhere he goes as an assistant coach, they win. Yeah, and he, I, you know, I don't know the guy, but clearly he he knows what he's doing. But clearly, when he gets mad, he gets mad. So awesome! It might be kind of fun just to have a crazy. I mean, well, if they Lon do Kruger, that, just rehire Sunny Sunny Galloway. Yeah, uh, that will never happen though, because Joe hates him. Somebody yeah. somebody did say though that. They heard that he might get the Louisiana Monroe job. I guess that's floating around. I, I, I heard this was going to be the year. He's, I mean, once he got the clean bill of health from the NCAA on the Auburn deal, that that was okay. He's hireable again. And he wants to work. I mean, he yeah. wants oh, to yeah. coach. So. No doubt. But uh, the I know a lot of people seem to kind of gravitate towards the, the uh, Degs guy, the Sam Houston coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, he had a he had a speech after they got you know they got in the Super Regional, and after they got eliminated, his, his kind of post-game speech went viral about – you know how he kind of changed as a coach. It'd be kind of weird if he said, "I'm, you know, now I'm a. <laughs> I love all my players. <laughs> if they want to come play for me, if they want to get the hell out of Huntsville, Texas, and come come play for me at OU, that that'd be great." But uh, that he Deggs also has. He was with Dave Van Horn at uh, Arkansas, Arkansas, and he was with Rob Childress at A and M, and was when Lafayette kind of took off a couple years ago. He was an assistant there too, so. He's got a pretty good reputation. But, you know, the other deal on any list, look, Pete Hughes wasn't on any of these lists four years ago. Yeah. So what happens here, I, I really don't know. But the deal, And it seems like the the Dallas Baptist coach is just doesn't want to go anywhere. Uh, he, you know, OU thought they could get him when Galloway left and he didn't sniff. Texas didn't sniff. I wasn't able to get him. Baylor, I know Baylor offered in the job. And wow. he didn't go, and uh, so I just that seems like a guy that's just happy being at Dallas Baptist. I think it's one thing that is fair to say is that if they make another hire like a Pete Hughes that's just kind of out of the blue, that will incite the fan base. Well, but you and I have been going to these baseball games all these years. Yeah, well, this true. this fan base seems to be a lot more active on the internet than they are at the ballpark. There is no doubt about that. <laughs> so I mean, you know, it's amazing. Like I will go to. You know, somebody's house for the weekend. There'll be a bunch of guys there, and they talk about, and they want to talk about baseball. And I'm just like, where do you, are you coming from? Like, where do you come from? Like, are you going to games? Or are you just like talking about the baseball? Well, they like, just like it's it's like bitching about roughing McNeil. They just like to find something well, and just bitch about it. Well, like Eddie and I will go to games, and there's about 1,100 people there, and about 400 of them are students, so they're not paying to get in. And a bunch of them are kids. Yeah. And 75 then, are family members. Yeah. And then, well, I mean, it's just one of those deals of, well, why won't OU pay 750 grand for a coach? Well, because you can buy a season ticket for $90. That's why. 
Yeah, I'm sure they're selling those billboards in the outfield for 100 bucks or something. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I've been to a Super Regional at LSU. There's 15,000 people in Box yeah. Stadium. Yeah. I mean, it is a, South Carolina. That, it's a bigger deal there. Uh, last thing I want to get to is uh, Lincoln Riley's salary. Um, coming, There's this whole thing going around like, oh, OU is going to pay him more than OSU just because they don't want to. No, I don't think that's true at all. I, I think Joe Castiglione likes saving money. He likes he likes what he, he likes, what, what he detests doing is paying you for what you've done somewhere else. Yes, which he's only done that to Lon Kruger because he had to because he had to. Yeah, and but I mean history shows he brings in head coaches, they do well, then he pays them. Yes, I mean he want, he he has no problem with you getting rich at OU. But he wants you to get rich for what you've done at OU. So, thinking that he's going to pay Lincoln Riley four point three million to me is ridiculous. I the word I kind of got was three to three to four million, and I'm expecting a hell of a lot closer to three than I am four. I actually heard two point eight today. Two point eight. Yeah. I well, I would have thought it would be at least like three point one. But the other thing we know at OU is if OU goes out, wins the Big Twelve, gets in the playoff next year, they'll rip that thing up and yeah and. Write a new one. Yeah. So, I, I mean, they'd never had any problem doing that under Stoops. And if Riley's successful, I don't think they'll have any problem doing it under him. There will be a small contingent of people, if they only pay him $2.8 million, that are, like, physically ill at that, I bet. And it's it's, it's probably the, the faction of the fan base that capitalizes O and U and your. But <laughs> I mean, there you will be people that are upset about it. But you bring maniac. up a point, though. No, you bring up a good point. You don't want to go too cheap because then – then the fans are like, "Oh, you don't have. You're not really serious about this coach." Like, well, I, I could understand if you went cheap. Like, I'll get Dabo Sweeney does not make what he could make it. I mean, he does not hold Clemson ransom, but his assistants are paid really well. Riley made it kind of seemed like when Bob was there. Bob grabbed every nickel he could get for himself, and. <laughs> and and we'll, maybe yeah, Lincoln, no. maybe Lincoln Riley's a little bit different. Where you know maybe maybe Mike Stoops turns out is making over a hundred is making over a million, which he hadn't done before. Or you know you know maybe but he's making like nine ninety, isn't he? Pretty close or to nine hundred. But some of that I think is bonuses. But I, I mean he was he was he and Riley were making virtually the same thing last season. We know Riley was going to go up to one point three, and OU had decided. The you know the industry was going to set the standard for Riley. They were going to kind of make him a top five offensive coordinator, no matter what. But you know maybe he makes a little less, and the assistants make a little bit more. That's the Sweeney has done that since he's been at Clemson. It's worked out really well yeah. for him. If I'm Lincoln Riley, I say, okay, uh, what are you going to pay me to be the head coach? And when they tell you, they say, okay, I also want the one point three I was getting for offensive coordinator. That wouldn't be a bad idea. A little power play. I'm sure they're going to say, well, you, you, when you hire a real offensive coordinator, we're taking this 1.3 away. 2.8 would put him, uh, and this is off of last year's salaries, but he would be seventh in the Big 12, only ahead of Matt Campbell and David Beatty. Give me the top five. Yeah, but David Beatty well, was making was like 800 from last, grand. From last like, year, of Stoops, Charlie Strong, Gary Patterson, Mike Gundy, and Cliff Kingsbury. What's Texas paying Herman, I wonder? Five. Are they paying him five? Yeah, which is a ridiculous amount for a guy that lost to SMU last year and only has two years of head coaching experience, but it's Texas. Well, and the thing about you know, I keep hearing, I heard somebody arguing about Herman's worth the other day, and we talked about this, Shin, I remember last year, but 
Tom Herman sold out his entire season to win that OU game. Yeah, he did. By the way that they practiced. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they they were trying to make sure that their team was in midseason form. So they practiced the hell out of them. And then you notice everybody on that team got hurt after that game. Like, they, yeah. they just had people falling yeah, left he, and right. He took this gamble that, yeah, being I'm going to be in late October form for the season opener. And then that team didn't really get better throughout the year. And, yeah, be, because, you know, in Herman's case, I think he was thinking, beat OU, maybe I can get in the playoff this year. Mm-hmm. And then they, they wind up losing three games. But the two games on their schedule that said winning these will get in the playoff, he won both of them, Louisville and OU. But, you know, he lost three of them along the way. But, yeah, I mean, Riley, I think the thing about it is you have to look at Riley like – he would have been hired by some major program somewhere, and then he would have been one of the hottest, you know, biggest names in coaching. And it kind of gets taken away from him because the way it happened, it looks like he just kind of slid into a job. But I mean, he's he's probably could have gotten a lot of jobs for four million. Yeah, eventually. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we kind of heard, or or he was a lot close. The he was a lot more involved with Oregon than anybody let on, but. You know, the whole deal is if he goes out, if they win the Big Twelve this year, he's they'll rip that thing up and give him four million in a heartbeat. I mean, I yeah. If they if, they, if they're in a the playoff, I that contract is going to get ripped up and they'll start all over. That they OU's never had any problem doing that. No, you're right. Were you guys surprised? Like I I know you know I did it in some of my interviews. And I know you all did interviews as well, kind of talking about this changeover and everything. But nationally, whether it was, you know, a radio show that was in Alabama or, you know, I did some Sirius XM stuff and they were talking and you could tell there was like this sentiment that like Lincoln Riley just kind of fell into this. And I was like, what do you I, I, I'm kind of staggered that he didn't garner more respect because I think he's possibly the best offensive coordinator in college football. Like, I, I can't believe that there was this idea that. Well, you know, maybe OU just kind of did this because they had to. Like, I would think Oklahoma's ecstatic about being able to set up their future with a guy that I think has a chance to be really, really good. I think that kind of goes into just the shock factor of everything that happened uh, to lead to that. I mean, does that make sense? Just everybody was still, obviously the number one story was Bob Stoops retired, but it was almost overshadowed by the fact that they just named a 33-year-old their head coach. Well, I, th- I think some of it is there's like in sports radio and the industry. There's a there's a wait a minute, Oklahoma. If they're if they're going to have a coaching change in June, well, okay, that gives us something to talk about for a couple weeks. You've robbed us of that. Nobody else is going to get out and get to go get raises because Oklahoma has a job open. So I, I mean, I, I think there were some people that are just a little ticked off of you know, well, how did this go so seamlessly? And that, you know, people, you know, mess, you know, when you have a mess, that kind of helps in the industry. You know, you didn't have one. But the other deals, we all know this. By the end of the 2015 season, I think, oh, you pretty much made up your mind. This is the guy that's going to replace Bob. They just didn't know when it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it it was fortunate because Bob wanted to leave and Mm -hmm. they didn't ever have to have that conversation of, you know, how much longer do you want to coach here? Well, that, that was the other deal that came out of the press conference last week where, you know, Castiglione and Bourne kind of admitted, well, he'd talked to us about this as soon as last season ended. Yeah. And they, they had got him to probably stick around a couple more months than he wanted to. And I think, you know, their way of, of getting this to happen and making Bob happy is 
that was the only way they could do it by leaving his staff in place. So mm -hmm. people didn't lose jobs. And he said, I asked him that question. I said, could you have walked away if it wasn't set up this way? And he said, no, he said, I mean, Bob literally would have stayed coaching just to, just so his, his staff would have jobs. Yeah. Even yeah. though he would hate it. But I mean, we've, we've also talked about, I, I think we've all talked about like when Bill Snyder leaves Kansas state, I totally expected to be in June. So that would give his kid the best chance to get promoted. He doesn't. Yeah, the guy leaving does not want to see a job search. He wants all his guys taken care of. Plus, I mean, literally, I mean, it's like, uh, what is it? I, I can't remember. Either a movie or something. Oh, it was. Uh, I was thinking this Little is really this is really nerdy. I'm so, so I apologize. Josh just left. He, I'm sure he's out of here. Uh, the movie uh, The Wolverine, you know, he meets... Have you, either of you seen that? Mm -mm. The last one. The right? last one. Yeah, I've seen it. The, where he meets the little hot Asian chick that can see when people are going to die. Uh-huh. Like, I just feel like that's like Bill Snyder. Like, he knows he's as soon as he quits that job, he's going to die. Like, because well, he will not quit that job. Well, I mean, you, obviously there were things we found out later about Paterno that were scary, but I remember him talking about how... Bear Bryant died like a month after he quit coaching to Alabama. Yeah. He was convinced, if I quit, I'm going to die. Yeah, because he just has nothing to live for, basically. And, you know, Paterno. But Snyder's built that way. I mean, I really do feel like, you know, once he quits coaching, like, he doesn't seem like a guy that knows how to relax. Like, his rela his relaxation is just working. Yeah. All the time. Snyder. Yeah. I, I was kind of thinking about this, I guess, right after, you know, everybody was talking about Tom Herman and... Lincoln Riley's age adding up to be uh, Bill Snyder. And I think that the next five, or three years at Kansas State, I could see them underachieving very, very low. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, like, I think that's just such I, a weird program. Every time you. It's almost taboo to say, but I think Bill Snyder's done as a head coach. Every time you try and bury that program, though, they end up winning yeah. the Big 12. That's true. I mean, they 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 know what they're doing. They know all all their plan is let's try to get into a four quarter game and we'll all execute you in the last four minutes and win it. And they know how, if you find yourself in a in a neck and neck game with K State with a couple minutes to go, you're not you you're in trouble. Is is football though as a whole going away from that kind of? From from what Just the three yards out, loud, yeah. Loud well, Baylor's going to try it. I know, and that's I. I know that you're kind of against it, Kerry. Well, I mean, in this conference, I right. mean, unless you're like I've said this over and over again, unless you're Alabama and you just have superior personnel, you can't do that. I mean, not K State hasn't exactly just been tearing up. I mean, they take the the kid from Oklahoma. This might be a bad example, but they take the kid from Oklahoma that OU and OSU don't want. Yeah, but in K State's case, like that, they're they're the niche offense nowadays. I mean, they are. You you go play partic particularly Baylor because Baylor always seemed to struggle with them, particularly in in Manhattan. Yeah, but if you you know if you tried to limit you know you tried to run a bunch of clock and a bunch of other stuff like that, Baylor didn't really know how to handle that. Yeah. So I mean they are they are the ones with the goofy out of the box offense, even though it's the one we were watching thirty five years ago. Well, I would say Kansas State, they're not – I mean, they do want to control the game, but, I mean, the run-pass stuff they do, the quarterback stuff that they do, they're still – I mean, they're still an offense that will put up 50 points if they can. 
I mean, and they will throw the ball down the field. They, they're a big play offense. I mean, they did against AM? I don't look at them game. like an Iowa. Yeah. Well, that offense is just just kind of stagnant. Yeah, it looks like the, it not, looks like Chuck Long is still the quarterback there. It's just the mid '80s NFC North. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's, it's awful to watch teaching the huddle on the first day of practice. This is how we huddle, gentlemen. <laughs> well, I mean it just looks like even it could be the middle of September. It looks like it's snowing in 28 based on what they're running. <laughs> well, they haven't changed their uniforms ever. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. well, yeah, well, whenever the Steelers change theirs, I'm sure Iowa will change its. Oh but. God. So anyway, all right. Well, I think that's going to – I think the uh, – or Eddie's got one more thing you want to – I was just going to congratulate the Norman uh, Animal Shelter because – Really? They're going to have a extremely high-profile visitor the next couple weeks working on community service hours, <laughs> and that's Mr. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Everybody knows when you get arrested in Norman and need community service hours, you go to the animal shelter. Is that what he's going to do, you think? Absolutely. Well, so go adopt a dog from Baker. You just got to go walk him for a couple hours. But didn't the release say some of the stuff he's got to do is with cops? Yeah, he's going to do yeah. right. I bet he does some like, ride-alongs in the... Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Eric Bailey that said some of it would be... Ride-alongs with or with the something cops. with law enforcement, yeah. That'd be funny if yeah, he, he periscopes the whole thing. Yeah, first week of practice, <laughs> Baker's walking around in Hawaiian shirts, busting parties. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be short sleeve shirts and ties. That's what <laughs> well, that I mean, that <laughs> better not walk down to Imhoff. You'll think he's a Mormon guy. You know what I thought about when I saw that today is like, oh my god, that's the first time we've ever seen OU not handle things internally. Like, yeah, they didn't pull the. You know, he'll be disciplined. Yeah. Well, and they we, actually told us what his discipline would be. I mean, we were talking about this. You were talking about it at the beginning of it. Like, you go, I, I used to say, like, bas- football season was like having a hangover every day. But you get to basketball season, and that was like, it's about two, yeah. 2 o'clock in the afternoon. The aspirin is kicked in. I've drinking some, I've <laughs> drank some water where Kruger makes no attempt to hide anything from anybody. Yeah. Now, I can't imagine that Riley won't have a, uh, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. But, it, it is going to be a different deal from Stoops. There's no doubt about that. And I think th- there's going to be more, you know, access. I don't know what that will be. Uh, I don't know if we'll be – I don't know if I want open practices. I don't want open practices. I mean, that's a nightmare, uh, which there's no return from. But, you know, being able to go to a scrimmage would be cool. Yeah. I mean, do you, I, I think that might be a possibility. That'd be insane. We haven't had an open scrimmage Shit, since talking to Brad- 2007. Yeah. Just talking to assistant coaches is going to be crazy. Sam Bradford versus Keith Nickel was the last open practice. In a downpour. Did. Remember that? Yes. Straight dominated that Bluetooth kid. <laughs> Chased him back to Michigan. Hey, yeah. I caught that Hail Mary. I bet he's selling cell phones now. He's doing. He's like insurance or something. I've looked sure. him up recently. I I remember I tagged him one time because who was it? Bradford was playing against somebody that had. Oh, Bradford was playing against the Redskins. So I I tagged him. I said, Hey, look, two guys that beat you out in college are playing against each other in the NFL. <laughs> what he said. He never <laughs> responded. <laughs> who would have thought? But, well, I mean, that's impressive. I would I would be proud to say. I got beat out by two NFL quarterbacks. Hey, Probably just two like, different schools. Damn. Hey, Mr. Backup. <laughs> yeah, this guy, ran you, this guy ran you out of Oklahoma, and this guy turned you into a wide receiver. <laughs> They're playing against each other on Sunday. Yeah, I should have I should, I tagged him and said, man, did you make bad college choices? <laughs> Sunday scaries are chasing him. <laughs> 
So anyway, all right, we'll end on that. Josh uh, knocked off. We didn't even bother getting him back on because I've already got to fix the podcast. So uh, enjoyed it. Enjoyed being back. It looks like, yes, no, uh, it's it's working. So it didn't crash on us this time. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for this time around. Uh, the last part of this podcast looks terrible, so it may sound horrible. Uh, but appreciate Josh McQuistian. Appreciate uh, Mr. Eddie Radosevich, John Shin in studio as well. And uh, we'll see you guys next time on the Unofficial 40.